everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of the Cinefessions podcast. I am one of your two hosts for today's show. My name is Brandon Shawan, and then I have Ash Collins joining me today. How are you, Ash? Not too bad. Excellent. Very fitting that this is episode 22, and there's only two of us. Um, Chris is has just had a he had a busy week this past week and uh, couldn't make the recording schedule, so he will be back with us again next week. But in the meantime, it'll be Ash and I for your listening pleasure. So, Ash, what'd you end up doing this week? Um, let's see. Play a little bit of Destiny. Uh, got more characters up in Star Wars uh, Old Republic and played all the way through, well, I played once through Transformers Devastation, um, which didn't take too long. Uh, you said about five hours, right? Yeah, yeah it was a five hour, well, five hours to do um like the easiest setting mm-hmm. just to play through the storyline and I didn't unlock even I didn't even touch like half of like the side missions they've got or like even remotely close to the collectibles or the challenge missions unlocked so oh. and there's a lot of stuff to do mm-hmm. it's just if you're just you know, just sitting down with it just for the storyline you can blow through it in five hours See, that's what I would probably do is just blow through it in five hours. Well, of course, it would take me two and a half times or, you know, one and a half times as long just because I suck. But <laughs> other than that, that's what I would do. I was looking forward on uh, on Redbox, but I kept reloading my app all day, Tuesday and Wednesday. Nothing or no, not Tuesday. I didn't check because I wasn't at work, but it didn't actually show up at my Redbox until yesterday. Um, no. but I knew I had the Red Wings game and I had these episodes to watch, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to play it yesterday. So I haven't picked it up yet, but I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to rent it on uh, Tuesday when I get back into work. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a rental. I know it's mm-hmm. fun. I, I, I don't know as a Transformers fan, if I had paid, you know, cause I got a review copy If I had paid mm-hmm. the, the 64, I wouldn't be upset, but like as an action game fan, it's kind of like, eh. I think um, it's only fifty. I saw it at Target yesterday. It was only it 50? fifty bucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, even then, it's still it's kind of. Eh. I'd wait for. I'd probably waited for thirty. I was planning on waiting for about when it would drop to around the thirty dollars price point. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. I mean, it's not a bad game. It's just kind of short. Yeah, I was watching you play some of it. It looked pretty cool. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like beat 'em ups like that. Um, or I don't. Even, it's not really a beat 'em up, but like you were saying, compared it to. Bayonetta and uh, what was the other game you compared it to? Um, well, D- Bayonetta and uh, and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Okay, the two, the two big ones I'd compare it to. The other one would be Devil May Cry, the original Devil May Cry, not the remake. Devil May Cry. Could you compare that to like God of War then as well? I think that's what Rentime uh, compared it to a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I think the puzzles and and some of the hidden stuff works a lot better in the transformers game than god of war i'm not a big fan of god of war honestly just yeah. okay yeah like i'm not a huge fan of those but, types yeah of they, I, I yeah but uh, i i i liked i liked being and i liked um the original double may cry so yeah so but yeah um I, I like that. I mean, uh, I mean, the game sold it for me when one of the first bosses you fight is Devastator, and <laughs> and Optimus only comes up to his knee, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a fun fight. That's cool. So. Excellent. So, how um, you said last time that you were uh, trying to like level up your characters in Star Wars for a specific reason? Did that reason come to pass yet, or are you still waiting on that? No, um, the expansion is not due out until I think the. Tw- 
20th maybe oh okay uh, it's this it's this month it's in a couple weeks so yeah they'll i'll have at least one of the characters ready to go i'm basically i'm trying to take advantage of they have a um a 12 12 times experience for subscribers oh, so okay. so you can basically level up a character from 1 to 55 like lightning fast mm. basically and then the the last five levels you just basically play through their shadow of revan um expansion and then that gets you to cap the current cap so. okay so how much a month do you have to pay for that to be a quote-unquote subscriber uh, it's either 10 or 15. I think it's 15. Okay. That's not too bad. I mean, the, the, with tour, it's more convenience than anything else mm-hmm. with the subscribing stuff. Um, I prefer that over the buy, whatever you, you need method, um, that they've got the, that's the other option you could do. If you just want to try it out, they have a free version, Okay. but, but you don't get a lot of the bonuses that you get with being a subscriber. So. Gotcha. Cool. Anything else this past week? Um, no, I was, I, I, I watched some more once upon a time, um, okay. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, finished off Fear the Walking Dead. So if you can, yeah, Fear the Walking Dead, the last episode of Fear the Walking Dead was fantastic. Yeah. And we don't uh, have, we don't have Chris here to naysay you, but <laughs> yeah, 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 it's bullshit. The last episode was amazing <laughs> and just my oh. <laughs> That's cool. I just found out that you can watch like all of AMC shows on the AMC app, which I honestly didn't realize that. So I can really? catch up with Fear the Walking Dead. Yes, my buddy told me I work yesterday. So nice. I haven't checked it out for myself yet to verify, but that's what he said. So I'm definitely going to check it out so I can because I do want to watch, uh, you know, the, the six episodes of Fear the Walking Dead just to see how I like it. But and it is a slow burn. I mean, it's not like uh, the original Walking Dead kind of hit. It was a little bit of a slow burn, but it kind of hit. You you jump right into it and yeah. hear the walking dead. They're building up to it. So, but yeah, the last episode was just like I, I my job was on the floor for a lot of it, just because yeah. like they're not going to do that. I, oh yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a couple of great um, homages to um, Day of the Dead. Actually, I think it's Day of the Dead. Okay. Um. But yeah, there's a there's a helicopter prop that uh, gets oh, involved okay. in someone's head. Uh, other than that, <laughs> I won't go too much into it beyond that. But yeah, <laughs> cool, excellent. Yeah, um, you're t- talking about Once Upon a Time. So Once Upon a Time and what was the other uh, Grim? Right, they came out around the same time, right? Uh, I think Once Upon a Time might have been a year earlier, Okay, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're around the same time. Cause I remember we were deciding which one we were going to watch Once Upon a Time or Grimm and my wife chose Once Upon a Time and I started watching it she started watching it, and I just, I did not like that show at all. And then all the reviews I'm re- I read afterwards, I was like, damn, we made the wrong choice, but then we just never got over to Grimm. So now we don't watch Once Upon a Time and we don't watch Grimm, but I feel like if we, I wish we would have picked Grimm because that show looks a lot better than, than Once Upon a Time. I just don't, I'm not a big fan of that one. Does it get, does it get better after the first season? Um, I'll see. I liked the first season, but okay. I, I liked their, their kind of twisted take on the fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and that and Robert Carlyle as Rumpelstiltskin just does it for me. Um, but <laughs> I, he's just he's fantastic in that role. I love him in that. He does the the smarmy and kind of uh, well, his smarmy Mister Gold. But then the over the top Rumpelstiltskin just works for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, now they got interesting. They're they're kind of 
uh, with fourth season there, they did something interesting. Like the first half of the season, they're do they did like this um, Frozen story arc, yeah, for like eleven episodes, and then the second half of the season, they kick it over to this uh, trio of um, baddies that came back, including Maleficent, Corella Deville, and um, Ursula. Hmm. That sounds interesting. So that was kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, so they, they do some neat stuff. It's just it once upon a time feels like um, it feels like fairy tale fan fiction or Disney fan fiction to me. But, you know, I, I don't yeah. mind it. I think it's kind of fun. OK. Did you watch American Horror Story Hotel? I have not watched it yet. That's I haven't not either. I, I think can't... after we get finished with Once Upon a Time, I'll kick over to that. Yeah, I'm hoping because I think I set the recording for it. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, I, wait. I haven't watched I haven't watched a freak show yet. We have to watch freak show. Oh, That's you're going to watch freak show first? OK. Yeah, because that popped up on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that. Last I'm just going to jump into Hotel, see what that is. If, if I have it recorded, if I don't have it recorded, then I'm screwed at this point. But we'll see. And I haven't checked to see if it's on there yet. But anyway, all right. Excellent. Well, I watched four horror movies on my day off this past week, which is highly unusual for me. I'm sure lots of listeners out there listen to or watch, you know, four or five, six movies a day. And it's nothing to them. But I, I normally only watch one a day if I do that. And so I was able to squeeze in four. Um, I wa- and, and three of the four will be a uh, written review in this coming month here. Um, starting on the 19th, we're going to have the 13 Days of Halloween make a return like it was last year. And so you can expect a horror review to go up every single day between the 19th of the month and Halloween Day. And so definitely look forward to that. But even before then, we have some awesome reviews going live this week. So just make sure you're always checking that website, uh, cinefessions.com. And if you missed it, Chris and I actually won some... Uh, won a giveaway that that Smarmy Jerkface was hosting over the month of September, and we both did unboxing videos, which mine went live yesterday, uh, Friday, and Chris Chris's went live uh, this morning, which is Saturday. And so make sure you check out both of those. There's actually a chance to win something if you watch those and like those, and then leave a comment on each of those videos. You can get up to two entries to win some really cool movies that uh, Chris and I happen to already own out of the bunch that we were given by Smarmy Jerkface. So they are now being passed along to you. So definitely watch those videos on cinefessions.com and like them, commenting on them, and be entered in for a chance to win. But that kind of took me off on a different tangent there than I was expecting to go. Um, but the three of the, movie, the movies that I watched that are coming um, in written form what the hell were they? I don't even remember. Let me take a look. Um, I watched the one that's not going to have a a written review is uh, a movie from Scream Factory called uh, Backcountry. Now, this Backcountry is a basically it's a survival flick, but it's a real slow burn survival flick. Um, this couple, boyfriend and girlfriend, go out in the mountains somewhere, and the boyfriend is. It's where he used to go when he was younger, um, and he know he doesn't need a map, he doesn't need anything because he knows the woods, he knows these mountains very well, and so uh, you know they're going and they they run into this Irishman who's supposed to be a um, like a tour guide. That's what his that's what his job is, and he's real creepy. He, you know, basically the the film is what it felt like to me is that the film was trying to uh, make you think possibly that this guy was was the bad guy. This guy was going to do something to this couple. But it's really not about that at all. It's about 
them trying to survive against this uh, this bear. I think it's a black bear that attacks them. Um, and it's it says on the cover like it's it's jaws in the woods. Um, I heard another person say that it's uh, open water, but in the woods. I think the director said that you know he wanted to do open water, but he wanted to put it in in the woods. And so that's what we have with Backcountry. And frankly, I love these types of movies. You know, Man versus Nature. I think those are awesome films. Um, some excellent, or you know, an excellent one that comes to mind that I really liked, and it's actually a, like a lower budget film called The Canyon. Um, I don't think it had a theatrical release at all. I think it's I want to say from like 2007 or something. Um, Bridget and I watched it. When the first year I started making note of what movies I watched every year. So I think that had to be either, uh, I think 2010. And so what's really powerful about that movie is the ending. Um, I'm not obviously not going to spoil it, but if you haven't seen the Canyon and you like man versus nature films, it's definitely one I, I would recommend. Um, but the problem with that country is you know, it's a slow burn. I love that. The Strangers is a slow burn. It's a character study of sorts. And that's what I love about The Strangers. And this is kind of the same deal. You know, it's a character study. It's a lot about these two characters and about these uh, these two actors, which I love. And it finally builds and the bear comes into the picture. And, you know, there's some awesome special effects, things like that. But the tension is not really there like I'd hoped. There's some really beautiful cinematography the director plays around with uh, focus a lot um soft focus hard focus like it's just it's really strange hard to explain but you know a great use of just different types of shots and so you know from a cinematographer standpoint he did a really interesting job uh and i really like that aspect of it but just the tension was missing and then there's there's really no payoff the movie just kind of builds, 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 and then it just ends. And so it just really was missing the payoff. And so, you know, I gave that one two out of four stars. It was mediocre, um, even just for the, uh, for the you know, man versus nature survival flick. It was just mediocre to me. And so that's, that's one that I'm, you're not going to see a written review for. Uh, but you can find that via uh, Scream Factory. Scream Factory released that one. I actually got it for ten bucks at Best Buy, which you can't find it for that price now. But you know, it was worth the ten bucks. I'm going to go back and watch the director's commentary because I think he had some really interesting ideas, and so I want to see you know what he has to say about it. But how would that one? Um, how would that one compare to The Edge with Anthony Hopkins? I have not seen The Edge. Oh, <gasps> you haven't? No, I've actually. I just heard. I just read about that because I was reading about other films like this. Uh, I've heard that's that's a good one. Yeah, uh, that one's. That one's fantastic just for uh, Anthony Hopkins playing off against Alec Baldwin uh, okay. throughout the whole movie. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, that one's really well done as far as that goes. I mean, the, the bears are obviously important part of it, but yeah, mm-hmm. they, they did a good job with that one. I like that one a lot. The ad. Okay. I'm definitely going to add that to my watch list on Letterboxd. I'll definitely have to check it out. Because I love films like that. I, I don't know why. I just, I'm a big fan. The one I, I, I bought a while ago and have been meaning to watch is, um, it's one from, I think it's from the 70s, it's called Long Weekend. Um, it was released by, I can't remember who it was, it was Vinegar Syndrome or Synapse, one of those, you know, niche uh, per, uh, dis- distribution companies. And I've been meaning to watch that one. I just, I picked it up, you know, a couple months ago now. But, and so the, the three reviews that I, I, the three movies I watched that you're going to find reviews coming um, either during the 13 days of Halloween or, you know, a little bit before I watched the the final paranormal activity movie or the, the most recent paranormal activity movie, the marked ones, which is the only one I hadn't seen. Um, I watched Would You Rather, which has Brittany Snow in it, who I love. Excuse me. And then I watched 
um, the den, which the den is basically everything I wanted unfriended to be. And uh, I just spoil it now. I really liked it. And so definitely check out those reviews. Um, uh, Ash, have you seen the den or unfriended by any? Oh, no, you did see the den because I, I saw your letterbox review. Did I? Yes. You watched it last year with Chris because Chris, I, I was talking about it. And Chris is like, yeah, you told us to watch it last year when you were when you threw out this list for us to watch. And I said, uh, oh, I because I, I started it the other day and i was like wait like i've I've fucking seen this what is this and then i kept going and i was like oh no i must have fallen asleep i must have turned it off i had to leave for something i don't know what happened oh okay yeah i yeah but i did through her laptop yes yeah okay yeah it was pretty brutal i like it was it was intense man i jumped (laughs) i jumped like four or five times throughout that movie they did even if they were jump scares they did a really fucking good job with the jump scares Yes. Yes, they did. I did. They. I did think that one was absolutely well done. Yeah. And mind, like I am a found footage supporter. Like I love found footage films. Not all of them, obviously, but I, you know, I'm always willing to give a found footage film a shot. And so, you know, just take it with that grain of salt, I guess, if you're not a, found, a fan of found footage. Um, but I think this one's done really uniquely. And uh, Unfriended basically took that exact same idea and just uh, turned it paranormal, whereas The Den sticks with uh, reality. And I think that's why I liked it more. It's more of a slasher film feel than Unfriended was. Makes sense. Yeah. I also did some purchasing. So I have been wanting to see this movie called Final Girl with uh, Abigail Breslin, who I absolutely love. She was the little girl from Signs, and then she was in Zombieland, and I just love her. She's awesome. She's such an excellent child actress, and I was hoping that she would go ahead and, and do big things, and she, uh, you know, she's definitely on her way. And so I seen this trailer. God, I don't even know how long ago now. It felt like, feels like forever. But Chris sent me a picture and it was Final Girl at Best Buy on Blu-ray for nine ninety nine. So I went very shortly after. And so now I bought uh, Final Girl on Blu-ray. It's just a Blu-ray, no digital copy, no DVD, but that's totally fine with me. Um, and hopefully you will have a review for that during the 13 days of Halloween. I had to pick up Insidious Chapter 3, the Blu-ray and digital HD copy. I absolutely love that series. Okay. I guess that's a bit of an exaggeration. I love the first film. I like the second film, and I'm really excited to see the prequel. I I never go to the theater, so I didn't see the prequel. And then the, the last uh, one, go ahead. Oh, Insidious Three um is feels a lot more like the first one than the second one. Oh, thank God. And it's and it's a lot creepier than than I think either of the other two were just because of the situation. That's awesome. But yeah, I loved I loved that one. Did you go to the theater to see that one? Yes. Okay. And you don't go to the theater too often, so that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah, my wife wanted to go see it, so we went and okay. saw that one. I think we're going to go try to see, um, um, which was the one, the one, the Guillermo del Toro, Toro movie that's coming out. Oh, uh, Crimson Peak. That yes, I think we're going to go try to go see that. That but, looks really good. I wish Bridget yes. would be into horror movies, but she's just not, so I can't, I don't, I'm not going to the movie theater by myself just because. I don't. I don't know. I've never have. Chris goes all the time by himself. I have buddies that go all the time by themselves, but I just don't do it. And so I won't be able to see that one in theaters unless I uh, convince my other one of my other buddies to go with me. Yeah. I, I, the only reason I get Diana to go to see 
uh, horror films with me is because she likes ghost movies. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, ghost movies and supernatural movies. Yeah, so, and a lot of times they disappoint her. Like she didn't like Oculus, and there was a couple of ones. Didn't like Oculus. Liked. Nope. Oh man, Oculus was so good. I know. I loved it. She hated it. <laughs> so. Oh, my last. I can always I can always tell when she hates a movie too because she'll sit there and she'll fidget like after about twenty minutes and she's bored <laughs> and it's just like oh god, it's like how long was this again? All right, right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man, my uh, my last purchase from Best Buy. Uh, I was standing there and I kept hearing about this film from uh, Brad Henderson on Twitter. He talked about it a lot. It's called We Are Still Here, and it has um, a lot of good names in it. it has um, Barbara Crampton, um, Andrew Sensenig, Larry Fessenden. So I mean, there's some there's some good names involved with this movie. Uh, and it's supposed to be really genuinely scary. And so it was 10 bucks on Blu-ray. And so I ended up picking that one up. It's basically like a haunted house film is what it looks like to me. Um, but with some really cool imagery on the back of the on the back of the case. So I, I'm hoping that one's going to be a good. One. And I've heard a lot of good things about it on Twitter. And then last but not least, my wife had to buy some more scrubs for work on Amazon. And God knows I can't place an Amazon order without putting a movie in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Christine Blu-ray that just came out a couple weeks ago was on sale for $10.99. And so you know I bought that because Christine is fucking awesome. Another John Carpenter classic. And so I bought that Blu-ray for $10.99 off Amazon. And if you do not own it on Blu-ray, you definitely should. You can't beat that $10.99 price. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, there's deleted scenes, commentary with John Carpenter and Keith Gordon. Uh, and then a couple, three featurettes on there too. So highly recommend that. Haven't got a chance to actually watch the transfer on it yet, but you know I will be soon. And I was just telling Chris today because I used The Strangers because Chris, one of the uh, movies in Chris's unboxing video was The Strangers. And uh, he made mention that's one of my favorites and it is. And I used that as the header image on the website. And I just, man, I see that image of the three strangers standing there. And I just, I have to watch that movie again. I don't know if I'm going to watch it tonight, tomorrow, Monday. Um... I do have Monday off and Bridget doesn't. So that would be a great time to watch it. But I just fucking love that movie and I have to watch it again. I, I, I missed it. I didn't watch it last Halloween season for whatever reason. So I have to make up for it this year. But do you like The Strangers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. That one was pretty good. Absolutely. I really wanted that sequel to come, which hasn't yet. And I keep hearing, oh, it might come. It might come. I'm giving up hope at this point. <clears throat> but excellent. So anything else this week? No, not a whole lot. It's been a pretty quiet week. They switched my hours around, so I have a whole lot of time to do yeah. a whole lot. Sucks. When do, you start, of, when do you start your holiday hours? Um, uh, November 1st, but there's debate over, you know, what when we're actually going to be doing what and which hours, um, mainly because we're... Uh, Basically, we know what hours we need covered, and my boss has this other idea of what hours we need covered. So we're trying to get the schedules to align so that they'll work for everybody. So I could be working my five to whenever, or I could be working six thirty to whenever. So we'll see. But yeah, I'll be keeping relatively same hours. Okay, that's not that's not too bad then, I guess. Yeah, it'll be it'll be six days a week instead of five days a week. But oh, yeah. okay. That'll be the biggest difference. That sucks. But it'd be good overtime, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Excellent. When's your next cruise? you have any cruises planned? No, uh, we haven't been planning any. Yeah. Um, 
we're trying to get caught up on hospital bills from when she was in there. So. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's the that's the adult and grown up thing to do. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I just got back from Los Angeles and I'm ready to plan my next trip like yesterday. <laughs> that's how it goes. So, all right. So let's jump into the reason we are here to review episode six and episode seven of Sense8. And again, there will be major spoilers. So episode six is entitled Demons and it was directed by the Wachowskis. All right. So we have this, this gorgeous shot of the Chicago skyline at night to open it, open the episode. And there's just this music playing in the background. And I wrote down multiple times how much I, I loved the music in the background. Um, I think it was during this episode in, in particular, there was multiple points where the music just struck me as absolutely perfect, which I think is one of the really strong aspects of this series is their use of music. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. Um, so basically we get Will and Riley, um, you know, Will's walking around his Chicago bar and Riley's in uh, London and they spot each other and he goes, I was just thinking about you. And she, you know, she says the same thing. And this whole scene, it's almost, did it feel romantic to you at all? Yeah. I think that's what they're going with. And uh, yeah. I think they're going with the romance between these two. And I could, I can kind of see it cause they're both kind of. Whenever they look at each other, they light up. Yeah. So, yeah, I can totally see it. Exactly. Um, and it would it would go with what, uh, you know, Chris was saying with, you know, he thinks that these two are, are the main characters and he thinks Riley specifically is kind of that main cog of the wheel. Uh, and I could see these two, you know, kind of hooking up. But what I thought was just so interesting about it was that it felt romantic and they were just exchanging names like right now in this scene. He just told her, you know, they, they just exchanged names. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then uh, they're trying to figure out if this is real. And so he grabs her phone and says, you know, you, you have no way of knowing my number, right? So here's my number. Call me. And so he types his number into her phone. And then his phone started ringing. He brings it over to his partner, which I still don't know his partner's name. Did you catch it in this episode at all? <laughs> no. I know. I, just, I don't know his name. I always just call him the partner. But. Uh, he's a good actor too, so I I don't know why I don't know his name, but I, I know everybody else, everybody else's name, which is I'm I'm doing better than I did for Scream, that's for sure, um, because each character stands out in this epi- in this series, which it didn't in the last series that we watched. But um, he picks up the phone and says, you know, it's some chick with a weird accent. She's like a weird accent, and then he goes, she sounds hot, and she goes, oh, I like him. I just thought that scene was <laughs> really like I don't know, it was just really cute, like it was awesome. I really liked it, a very charming yeah. scene. Um, and then they just go about having this, this normal conversation and then they just say bye to each other. Um, and then we, then we move on to son and I just, I just wrote down that I hope she doesn't give into these idiots, but it's obvious that she does because she, uh, is getting a bunch of weird looks from the people in the office as she's walking through it. And then, you know, uh, she'll go to the press conference next, next and, uh, admit that she was the one embezzling and that she acted alone um, and I just, I hate that. Like, I just think it's disgusting. I, I hate that she takes the fall for this. And, and frankly, as it goes on, I'm, I'm disappointed in the choice only because I don't know how they're, they're going to get out of it, how they're going to move past this and make this, uh, you know, an interesting and engaging decision to make. I think, I think, and this is just how I see this going. 
is when she, and then this is, comes from a couple of the prison scenes later. Um, I think she's actually going to be a lot less reserved and open up mainly because of her interactions with the sensates, but mm-hmm. also um, she likes fighting and she can't really do that in her regular life. But <laughs> prison is perfectly set up for that. For right. Her. I think she will thrive in there, which is really going to be scary. <laughs> That's what, yeah. I we, she doesn't actually get to prison until the next episode. I guess now she's in jail, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Um, but there's definitely uh, some interesting things to talk about in that next episode when she's actually in prison that we'll we'll definitely get to touch on. Yeah. Uh, so um, we find out that whoever it was that broke into Almanita and Nomi's apartment last episode took basically all of Nomi's shit, like her journals, her computers, her hard drives, her backups, everything. Um, and at this point. I didn't quite understand why it was so serious to them, but as the as this episode went on, even in the next episode, I understood that it's basically you know she believes that it's kind of the, the government taking her shit, and so that's why uh, you know she decides that she wants to to hack in and figure out what it is. Maybe she doesn't think it's the government, but she thinks it's it got to have something to do with that with the doctor, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we get uh, Riley. The scene kill me. Riley goes, you know, to her quote unquote home and, and uh, she is when she walks in, um, what's his I, I don't I don't know the character's name, but the Tom Riddle character is, you know, snorting drugs and uh, who's sitting in the chair but Nick's. And so we find out that the Tom Riddle character has sold her out. He even, you know, he snorts and then does his drugs and then he walks up to her and says, sorry, and then leaves. Um, and, th- and then at this point, I made a note. I put down, it almost feels like the series is not going to get any bigger than these personal stories, these personal issues of these characters. Like, I, I, I know that probably can't be true, but it just feels like that way at this point. Did you... Have, did you, uh, you know, did, did you have that feeling at all throughout either of these episodes? Um, no, I think like this one kind of is the last one where we're dealing, I think, specifically with their personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode definitely kind of expands beyond that and starts moving the bigger narrative forward, I think. I, yeah, that's what I wrote at, at the end of the next episode, too. Um, but I think it takes... It's taking a lot longer than I expected, which staying in the moment, I was, I'm, you know, of this part in episode six, I'm just thinking, I, you know, I was, I'm not disappointed. I'm just surprised. And I really expected it to kind of be about more things at this point. Cause we're already, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where we're halfway through the series or through the season now. And so I don't know. I just expected there to be something bigger than there, what there is, but there just there wasn't at this point. Um, and so Nick's, you know, he wants his drugs back and he wants his money back. And obviously she doesn't have either of them. She threw away in the trash can and she gave the rolls of money to a, a blind homeless man who was playing uh, playing the keyboard. And so she legitimately doesn't have either of them. But Nick's obviously doesn't believe her. Yeah. And so he puts that plastic bag over her head. And that was I mean, that was intense. Like I knew she wasn't going to die. But. It was still pretty intense, you know, because y- you never know. What if what if she did? What if she did die? Um, and so then, as she's being suffocated by Nyx, 
all of a sudden Will's walking through the bar and then he just gets that feeling of you know, that he's being suffocated and just his reaction was just so perfect. It was in slow motion. He, he drops his beard, just shatters the glass shatters. Um, he falls to the ground and then he sees what she's going through and starts kicking, you know, kicking the people's asses who are Nick's ass and his buddy's ass. And, but what's happening in real time is that, um, will is actually beating the people around him off of him. And so they're like, you know, what the fuck's going on? And then he gets the bag off and, and Riley runs at that point. Um, and Will's just on there on the ground, like trying to catch his breath after, you know, feeling this feeling of being suffocated by a plastic bag. Uh, the whole scene was just was just pretty intense to me. I really like that scene. Yeah, that that really worked for me. I liked the uh, <laughs> and I loved everyone's expression on the mm-hmm. bar after Will's done kicking their ass, too. <laughs> right. Exactly. So now at this point, Riley has, you know, virtually nowhere to go. No one to turn to. But we find out later that she has one person and that's where she goes. So um, Almanita and Nomi decide that, you know, they need to go someplace that they can hide out at and that can be you know, a person that can be trusted. And so they end up going to Almanita's mother's house, which I loved. I loved Almanita's mom. She's so sweet and uh, she's a great actress. There's a, there's a point later on. I think it's in this episode. It might be the next where um, she's talking. To, she's telling a story to Nomi about Almanita being scared of the fireworks. And she's like. And I still am. Why do you use fireworks? You know, why use a symbol of war for celebration? War always fails. And she just says, yes, dear, or something along those lines. And it was just so perfect. Like, she's heard this a million times. Yep, that's Almanita. <laughs> you know, that's that's who she is. And it's just a small character choice and a small moment that just really builds their relationship. And that's just always impressive to me um, to, to see on screen is those small those small moments like that. And I really like that. Um and so now the character of Almanita's mother is introduced. And then we get um, Kala. And she wakes up and uh, her whole family staring over her. Oh my god, I about died when this started up. <laughs> she, she, she's just the look of, you know, uh, you know what's going on on her face coupled with them just huddled around her. Right. It was just, yeah, that was just too much. It was really I about lost it. Yeah, that was absolutely hilarious. Um, and so she's trying to convince him that she's okay. And uh, so she does and they leave. And then um, she gets up and we see her body for the first time. Wow. I was, that was, I was surprised given the character that we, we saw so much of the character, um, but, but very impressed. And uh, so she's standing there half naked. And then of course, who's there going to, who's going to show up butt ass naked again is Wolfgang. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wolfgang in this scene too. <laughs> I know. He's like, what does she say? She's like, you have no idea what I want. And he's like, don't I? And then he pats on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, but then, yeah, he caught her looking and she's like, I wasn't looking. He's like, yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> oh man. Like, I love those two together. I cannot wait until they drop the uh, marriage nonsense and just move on to these two because I'm I'm just I'm over the marriage thing and I want them to be together because when she's with Wolfgang she's an interesting character to watch and she's a fun character to watch and she's not otherwise not as much anyway yeah and so then we get the Lucha Libre scene which as a lifelong fan of professional wrestling <laughs> I fucking loved and uh, Hernando just talks so passionately and so sincerely 
about why he watches Lucha Libre. You know, it's it's he loves theater and it's a but it's also a fight and and it just goes on and on and it's awesome. And then Lito looks over and sees this guy standing there with a mask. It was a pretty creepy moment because I didn't know who that was. At first, I thought it was Jonas, but then I looked and I saw the tattoos on his arm, so I realized no, that's not Jonas. Um, and I, I I guessed I took a guess on who it probably was, and uh, you know we'll find out later that I was my guess was actually accurate. But um, see, I didn't I didn't even make the connection on who that was. Oh yeah. no, no, I was just like I was just trying to figure out if the they like one of the evil sensates were just watching that dude, or if it was just some random dude that was freaking him out or what. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't make the connection at all until later. Well, later obviously, but. right. Um, so we go back to Kala and she's meeting up with, uh, her, whatever the, her fiance, I guess. And, uh, I just, he, I wrote down that God, this guy is too perfect. Like I can see why she doesn't want to marry him. And so basically she's trying to get out of the marriage by saying, Oh, I understand. You know, I fainted. I understand that's, uh, you know, unforgivable. You don't have to marry me. And you just tell me right now you're not going to hurt my feelings. So she's trying to get out of it, obviously. But he twists it around and says, no, this is the exact reason why we need to get married. Because this is going to be an excellent story to tell our kids. My, you know, your mother fainted when she saw me, you know, the, uh, right after we got married. And so it's just a good story to tell the kids. And so, you know, he turns it around. He still wants to marry her, obviously. So that plot line is not dead. That's what that tells us. Unfortunately. Exactly. And then we get Caffius. He's uh, visiting the brown suit man. I don't know that guy's name, so I'm calling him brown suit man from here on out. Um, we find out that Caffius' mom's getting better from the medicine, um, but it looks like it's time for another job. And so brown suit man almost becomes endearing at this point when we meet his daughter, who's fucking adorable. Yes, she is. Oh, my <laughs> she's God. She's so good. And we find she's out that... She's a good actress, too. Yeah, because she's not yeah. even remotely close to... Yeah. She's perfect. Love Absolutely. Um, and so we find out that this this cute little girl has leukemia. And so Brown Suit Guy is, he goes on and talking about how his re- she's his le- reason for living. And anything he does is for, is, is for her. And so basically he needs um, Caffius to uh, take her around in his bus, in the Van Damme bus, in order to, I, I, is he taking her to school? Is he taking her for leukemia treatments? Do you know what he's doing exactly? Uh, he was carting around to leukemia treatments specifically. Okay. okay. Um, I but I don't know if he was taking her to and from other places as well. Right. But he wanted, yeah, he definitely wanted him to be her protection. Type yeah. And so he tells it, you know, if something happens to her, then my life is meaningless and so will yours, you know, at, at that point. And so basically it's his job to take her to and from. So that's what his next job is, which is a pretty damn big task. He like brown suit guy must really trust Caffius. Even if he doesn't like him as a person or whatever, he has to trust him enough to give him his daughter because obviously anything could happen. And so I thought that was interesting. And and it almost made brown suit guy endearing. And then the episode continues, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so Sun is in at her trial asking for a a, a what was it? A jury trial. Um, but she's denied that and she's denied bail. Um, and I just put down like, I just hate the storyline now. It's dumb. It's blah. Like where, where can they go from here to make it interesting? That's the one I wrote down that thought, but we already talked about that a little bit. So, um, Will and his partner talk about uh, what happened at the bar. Nothing really happens there. 
Um, Caffius breaks it to his friend that he's working for the brown suit guy because he shows up at his bus and it's packed. And he tells him, no, everybody off. Bus is booked for a private um, at a private party uh, for the next like three days or whatever, the next week. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, here's your pay in advance. And he's like, you know, and he tells him who he's working for. And he's like, no, you can't do this. But obviously he has to. He doesn't have a choice. And so uh, we see Sun in jail and she's, you know, about ready to take a shower and realize that there's no doors. And the guard says, well, you lost your right to privacy when you entered these doors or whatever. Um, Then we get Lido. He's being interviewed by some like e-news type thing, whatever it is, some celebrity gossip thing of some sort. And so it's going back and forth between Lido and Sun. And they're switching places. Um, and the doctor is this real pervy doctor and tells Sun to take her clothes off and stand over this mirror. And so Lido is in the in the scene at that point. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And then the e-news person is like, you're not going to do what? And then he plays it off so perfectly. I loved it. He's like, oh, that was a, a line from my from my movie. It must have been a, an actor reflex. I just went into it. And he's like, can we take that again? I thought he played it off so perfectly. Yeah. I just, I really love the character Alito. He's, I think he's just so endearing. I really enjoy him. And so the lady asks him, what does it take to be a great lover? And he just goes on this incredibly passionate and incredibly sincere little rant. It's only, you know, four, four sentences maybe. And then uh, as soon as he's done, the lady is just like ready to fuck him. And he's like, did you get that? Okay, good. And then he like leaves. It was hilarious. I don't know. He's, he's hilarious to me. Yeah, I did love that. He has, he's had some of the best lines so yeah, far. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Like when he, was, when he was PMSing in the, or not PMSing, but um, <laughs> freaking out in the car. Right. I mean, that dude cut him off. Oh my God. It still <laughs> cracks me up. Oh man. Um, so uh, Caffius has the daughter in the bus and then Nomi wakes up and she's horny and uh, so they have sex and it's our second time we get a Almanita and Nomi topless scene but this is just the start of what's to become this orgy of sorts between the sensates and I fucking loved this moment in this episode it was so cool um, not only was there lots of naked attractive bodies but just the way it was all put together, the way it was all filmed was just beautiful to watch. Like, I really thought it was awesome. Um, and so then we get Will and his partner, they're working out. Uh, and then Lito and Hernando are working out. And it keeps going back and forth between the two. Um, and I, at this point, I write down, is Wolfgang ever going to put clothes back on? Because he's sitting in the tub naked again. <laughs> um, and... I re- and, and I put I swear to God, like Lido, Hernando, and Daniela are just a trio couple. Like I, I swear they are together, all three of them. Which I don't, I don't think that's actually right, but I, it just feels that way. And then at one point, which was hilarious, is Will is lifting the weight, and all of a sudden, um, Lido appears like on top of him over him and he starts like kissing his face and will's like Whoa, what's going on here i thought that's that was just hilarious um and then and then um so Lido and hernando start going at it and then daniela starts like she's taking a bunch of pictures which i noticed which i knew had to have something what's gonna you know play later on somehow i just was really hoping that it, she wasn't gonna screw them over intentionally 
which I'm not 100% sold that she isn't, but we'll talk about that more when we get there. But then she starts touching herself to them playing to them having sex. I nearly fainted. That was awesome. Um, and then we just have this orgy. The sense eights have this orgy. They're in the water. They're in the gym. They're here. They're there. Everyone's feeling everything. Leto says he just had the most incredible orgasm of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go on and on. And uh, it's it's this awesome orgy. Did you so, did you catch Hernando after that? He's like, it's uh, my turn. Yeah, now it's my turn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. So after the orgy which is one of the highlights of the series so far for me. We get Nomi. <laughs> <laughs> we get Nomi and Almanita. Um they're they're talking about what's going on with her brain. And uh, you know, she wonders if there's a way to correct it, if there's a way to fix it, a way to slow it down or if it's just going her brain will just slowly deteriorate until, you know, she's dead. Um and then we get Riley who's alone and she's crying when she's sitting like over the city where she normally does. And then Sun appears. And Sun's response to all of these every time it's just so blase it's just so nonchalant i i it's it cracks me up but riley asked her what her name is she said son and she says really that's so uh strange or whatever and then she points down at the carving in front of her in the cement and says i have conversed with the spiritual son and i just thought that was a really cool moment between the two i did like that that was that was cute <laughs> so ash what is hash um i thought it was like a version of marijuana but um yeah like like, it's also chopped meat (laughs) but like the uh but um if you look it up it's actually because i did look it up it's the it's like the resin collected from um pot oh okay so it's not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily uh, pot itself. It's right. the resin left over type of thing. That's interesting. I was curious because I've heard the term before, but I just thought it was another term for pot. I don't know. See, that's what I thought, too. But it, there, it's a little bit more specific. So she's kind of like she's like, I have the leftovers. basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so and I thought it was interesting because sun can taste it. But I feel like it didn't give her any of the uh, of the effects, which mind she only took one hit. But still, given the world of this, I feel like she would have felt felt it even after just that one hit. But I thought that was really interesting because she could taste it, but not actually get the effects of it. So I feel like that has I don't know, that's just some more world building, I guess, into what the powers are actually all about. Um, Because I'm curious, like if um, Riley showed up at the bar and didn't have a beer in front of her at her place. If she started drinking Will's beer, would she not feel the effects of that? I mean, does it matter? Maybe not, but it's just a curiosity to me, I guess. So this is why Caffius has such an excellent relationship with this little girl. He's so good with the kids um, and he's just a str- such a strongly positive personality. I just like I would love to be friends with that character in real life. You know what I mean? Like if that was a real person, I would love to be friends with him because he's just so positive and upbeat and just excited about being alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love that about him. He's like a breath of fresh air every time. Right, exactly. Um, so Riley's talking with Sun some more and she brings up these hidden people. 
she goes, did you ever hear the hidden people? And the son's like, no. And apparently it's an Icelandic, um, I don't know if a myth, fairy tale, belief that these hidden people exist. And they're like elves, basically. And she says when she was a kid, she walked into a cave. Now, obviously, this is a um, reference to that shot that we see in the very first episode, which still sticks with me just because it was so beautifully shot. Do you remember the one I'm talking about where she, as a little girl, walks into the cave? Yeah. Okay. Um, Obviously, it's got to be a reference to that. And so basically, she was heard voices in the cave saying that she needed or wait no the hidden people were actually singing to her at that point and uh she was told when she was born that she was born with a hex and that she needed to leave iceland or else bad things would happen to her and the one she loved and then right afterwards her mom died and so she thought it was her fault and now son can relate to this because son goes even though i didn't have little people talking to me or hidden people talking to me i still when my mom died when i was very young felt somehow that it was my fault. And so that's how these two are, are relating at this point, which I thought was really cool. Um, and this is when we find out that Riley wants to go home to see her father, but she's scared and son's like, don't be. Um, and then we find out that son's going to prison tomorrow and that she's scared. And Riley says, don't be. And she says, why? And Riley says, because you're safer there than you were before. And I thought that was interesting. Do you think that's true? Do you think she's safer in prison than she was with her uh, family's business? Um, yes and no. I think she's got the skills to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting either way. Right. So we have Almanita and Nomi making out again. Nomi looks excellent with the glasses on, by the way. I think she should keep those. And then we have, um, son. She sees her, her mother. And I'm like, what the fuck? Obviously, I thought, you know, it had to be a dream of some sort. And so uh, she they're walking up to each other and basically her her mom, which it's not her mom, but it's it's um, what's her name? Angelica taking the form of son's mother, obviously, because son will listen to what she believes is her mother. And so she warns that they're afraid of her, she says, and that they will hurt her if they find out. And then she asks uh, if she if she find out what she is, and she asks what she is, and Angela whispers to her, "The future." And then the episode ends. So, just when I think it's going to say simply about these characters, Angelica shows up and whispers two small words that made me feel like it's just about ready to break open to be uh, about bigger and more weighty things. Um, what those things are. I'm not really sure, um, but I'm definitely interested to find out. You know, I think this is another strong episode, um, but it's really at this point starting to feel a little slower than I expected to or than I really want it to. Um, I'm really counting on things picking up with the next episode, though. Um, and at the same time, I'm a bit worried that I'm waiting for something that may not exist with this series. But that's something that time will tell us. That was where my thoughts at the end of that episode. So, so Ash, what were your thoughts at the end of episode six? Well, I was like you. I was disappointed that Sun went to, chose to take the fall, um, but Netflix kind of ruined it for me because that was like the teaser image for the next that episode was right. her in her prison uniform. But I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I really like that we we kind of get the different things back and forth around behind the scenes. I did love the the mass 
sex scene between all of them that was just really well shot. Um, much better than the mass orgy scene from the second Matrix movie, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they uh, no, I I liked I liked how they did this, how they handled it. Um, it was a nice build up episode. It didn't feel like it was spinning its wheels. It felt like they were at least moving, but it was just, you know, they had to set a few pieces up first. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm really interested to hear uh, what Chris's thoughts were on it to see if he thought anything happened in this episode. Cause that's what his biggest complaint has just been that nothing has happened. So I'm interested to hear what he has to say about it next week, but awesome. So let's move on to episode seven entitled WWN. Double D, directed <laughs> by James McTeague. Now, obviously, we find out later what that what that means. What would Nancy Drew do? Is what WWN Double D means, and so that'll play later on. Yeah, I love that when that came up because I, I saw that I didn't look it up to, because I wanted to be surprised. I was hoping they tell us in the episode. Yeah, me too. I wrote it down. I'm like, what the fuck could this possibly mean? But I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm sure by the end of the episode, I'll know. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play with it, but. All right, so we get Sun arriving at prison, and I wrote down she couldn't be all that scared because she could obviously kill any of these people she wanted in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it's still, uh, I'm sure it's still a, a scary thing, obviously. Yeah. So we get Almanita and Nomi, and uh, they're going to meet one of uh, Nomi's old hacker friends. What a swas. So she, Nomi knows this guy because she took the fall for him when she was a minor, and he was caught hacking into the government during the war. And so... This is the first time that Almany is hearing about the story, and obviously it's the first time we're hearing about it. And so the hacker shows up, and, and he's just fucking crazy, man. Like, he has got – just – I love the writing in this show. How do you make a good character? The second he opens his mouth, a character is formed. We have a good idea of who this is. We have an awesome uh, first impression whether it's a positive or negative first impression doesn't matter but we have a first impression of this character and that's how you write good characters that's good writing um because this guy is just fucking crazy like he says oh man because obviously he knows mike which was nomi before she uh you know changed and so he's expecting to see mike but it's it's nomi and he's like nomi's like it's me mike and he's like oh shit and he's like you're hot man i do you like not in a degrading way, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> it's like, just, oh my god, man! Like, like so few lines tell us who this character is, and like he's just so fucking eccentric, I, instantly a personality, and um, I just think it's such good writing, and I love that. What did you think about that guy? Definitely different, um, and definitely left an impression. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he just, oh my god, he just. It reminds me of uh, so many socially awkward <laughs> tech people that I know uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I, most of the ones I know aren't as, it, you know, they're, they're, they won't make advances like that. Right. But yeah, it, he fits that whole paranoid kind of eccentric to the bill yeah. right there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And so basically Nomi's getting shit from him in order for her to hack into whatever it is she needs to hack into. Um, and then we get um, Sun back to the prison and basically they throw her in the room with these, I think, four other girls. That's going to be her her room for the her stay in the prison. And uh, 
basically the guards say, teach her the rules. And so they act like they're about to like kick her ass or something because she shamed her family and, and stole lots of money from all the investors. And then the older lady walks up to her and pats her on the cheek and says, good job. And so obviously they're going to have some interesting relationship. Oh my God. Yeah, that killed me. I know. It's so funny. The best line. So they're talking about why they're in there, but the best line, I love this. She, the one lady says, this is the lady who threw her father wheelchair down an elevator shaft with her father still in it. She says, quote, in this country, sometimes the only place you can find a brave and honest woman is in prison. Such a great fucking quote. I love it. I love it. So we have uh, Daniela. She's trying to get Lido and Hernando out into the public. Um, and she's gonna, trying to play it off that Hernando is the, his his new bodyguard. And so when the paparazzi comes around or fans come around, they can just say that. Um, but the whole thing, it just felt off to me. Something felt wrong about this. And I'm just, at this point, I was really hoping that Daniela wasn't about to screw them over because I, I love, like genuinely love that trio. You know what I mean? And I don't want to see anything bad happen to them. And I don't want to see one of them screw the other over because I like Daniela way too much for that to happen. And so I was really hoping that I was just wrong. And... um Hernando acts as the bodyguard multiple times and uh it was uh, it was a really funny scene a really cool scene and then uh at the end they they hold hands and wink at each other but I just it just feels like they're going to get caught this whole time um what did you think of that scene yeah I that they were playing that up quite a bit and I was hoping that they wouldn't do the oh they get caught out in public thing right um so I did like that they they did something different with it Mm -hmm. and I do love when they get back to the apartment Lido and and Hernando are so excited and they like are jumping into each other's arms and then the the elevator opens and it's one of the roommates and he throws Hernando he drops Hernando and like Hernando like runs into the elevator and then he grabs Daniela and kisses her on the, and he's like oh hi hi he kisses her on the cheek and he goes that's my girlfriend you're gonna see a lot of that <laughs> so that was hilarious <laughs> he's just so damn funny I don't get how Chris doesn't like these characters <laughs> so damn funny um. All right, so we get um, in between here. We get Caffius. Um, oh, Caffius, he he appears in the plane. Riley's flying back home to, to Iceland to, to be with her father, and Caffius appears in the plane, and he is just so genuinely excited that he can see the clouds. He's not below them, but he's on top of the clouds. And, oh, it's just he's so infectious. I love him. Um and his reaction is just so genuine, which is just another nod to how good the actor is. Um, and then he, he go, she says something about like, what if something bad happens? And then he says, but yeah, but what if something wonderful happens? And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> he just gives me he's, crumbs. Yeah, he's great. I love that. He's he's always so positive. Mm-hmm. I even when his world's turned to shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just like he keeps this positive mindset. I'm, I unfortunately can't do the same thing. But, oh, I know. You know I, 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 I love them for that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so uh, Riley arrives at the airport. And again, another another awesome writing moment. Instantly, I like the dad. He's singing a song to his daughter as she you know gets what off he's the singing? plane. Teenage Wasteland, right? Uh, no, no, Baba, the actual name of the song, though, is Baba O'Reilly. That is the actual name of the song. Okay. Explain yeah. it to me. I, what is it? Baba O'Reilly? Yep. 
uh, it's oh, okay. By the Who, yeah. <laughs> Took me a half a second there. <laughs> like that's I, I, so cool. That's awesome. But um, and so he's he's you know very happy to see his daughter, obviously, and and then they leave, and so then Lido and the the power trio enter the apartment, and the guy from the last episode who we talked about with the lucha libre mask is sitting there. And it turns out it is Daniela's ex-boyfriend who is a stalker and obsessive and seems like a murderer. We met him in an episode a few back. I don't remember which episode number it was, but he's drunk. And I didn't know, like, I was genuinely tense for this scene because I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. Uh, I felt like any a lot of different things could have happened. Um, but the way they chose to take this was so out of the left field for me and just so wow i did not expect that at all the guy says in order for him to get over her he wants to watch Lido fuck daniela so he can learn how to fuck her back or learn how to fuck the next girl back whatever the hell he was saying and i could not believe that that's where they went with it like, did that shock you as much as it shocked me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Okay. I know. Man. It was such a, it was, and it turned into this tense scene. It turned into this funny scene and it just overall was just strange. But I think it worked really well. And, and then you see when she walked in, she put her purse down and in the camera showed us put showed us uh, that she was putting her purse down on the table. And then she's going to call the cops and the camera shows us that the shit's on the ground and that the guy leaves. Now, at that point, I was thinking to myself, he he must have gotten something. But I looked in his hands and I didn't see anything. And so I didn't know what was going on. But I felt like it had to be connected to the picture taking that the camera made sure we saw Daniela do earlier in the last episode. Um. And obviously, it'll turn out that that's accurate. And the only part I was wrong is that uh, the guy did take something. I just didn't see it. And so, um, at this point, Hernando acts as the bodyguard again and throws him out of the out of the place. Um, and then we get Will and his partner. Now, that's the boy he saved. I'm certain of it, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm like 99% certain that's got to be the same boy that he saved. And so, basically, he works out this deal that he's going to talk with this. I don't, this gangster, I don't know what to call them. Um, and they're going to kind of exchange information. He has some information that will wants, And so they, you know, travel to the part of Chicago. It's gotta be the ghetto part of Chicago where they're not supposed to be alone, apparently. Um, and it just turns into this like really, uh, kind of, I don't want really intense scene between them because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, the, the two cops are just surrounded by all of these um, all of these men that look like they're about to <laughs> about to, you know, shoot them dead any second. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And uh, so we find out basically that they have a business deal to do. And so what Will wants is information and what the um, the gangster wants. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like an idiot calling him a gangster, but I don't know what else to call him. But basically he wants immunity. You know, he wants the cops to just leave them alone. Uh -huh. And so Will, his partner's like, no, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm going to take you in for, you know, abating a, or uh, what's the word? Um, baking, uh, 
evading, I don't, I don't know, whatever, for withholding evidence for a federal crime. Yeah, impeding an investigation. Impeding, that's the word I was looking for, thank you. Um, and so, Will's like, no, 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 like, if you have the information and it's good, then you have a deal. And so he calls over this little kid, and he gives him the phone, and he's looking through pictures, and the pictures are of the, what we saw in the very first episode, when Angelica put the gun to her face and blew her brains out. Basically, it's these guys cleaning that up. Uh, there, there's people in hazmat suits, and they're loading it into a truck, into a, a van, actually, is what it was. And we see the guy. I don't know what that guy's name is at all, but he appears later on in the episode as well. Um, we'll just call him the mysterious man. And so... Whisper. Whisper. Yes. They call him... Well, they do. I, they, I don't know if Whisper refers to... The lobotomized the, guy? The lobotomized guy or Terrence Mann's a character, but yeah. Right. The, yeah, I think I, I I imagine it has to be the what's the actor's name? Taron Terrence Mann. Yeah, it has to be Terrence Mann's character as Whispers, I would imagine, because yeah, we'll talk about that later. But and so basically we they do this. They do the deal. They exchange information. And the little boy was funny. He's like, did you get a license plate? And, and the boy says, yeah, I got a license. What do we look like? I didn't hear what he said, but I'm sure it was funny. I laughed anyway, even though I didn't hear what he referenced, but <laughs> I just thought it was it was cute. Um, next, we have Nomi. She's doing research on the doctor who was supposed to perform the operation on her. And it turns out that this doctor has actually performed the operation he was going to perform on her three times. Two of them, two of the patients that he performed it on are dead. And the third one, we will come to find out, is basically a lobotomized zombie living in a home. And so they decide they're going to go visit him. Um, and so she acts like she's this guy's uncle. And she gets in there and sees him and realizes niece. that... He, uh, they, she, she acts like she's his niece. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. um, and so she, she sees him and just freaks out and runs out and ba- makes Almanita swear that no matter what, she won't let that happen to her. Um, and so then Will and his partner go to the rental place where the van was rented. Um, for that cleanup that we saw earlier on. And then we get uh, Kala out of nowhere. And she's talking to her god again, the statue. Um, and uh, basically she says that, you know, you sent me a, a man with a large trunk. A very large trunk. And she's, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. She doesn't, she doesn't, she's trying to basically pass it off as something that her god is um, trying to tell her. But she can't figure out what it is. And then Wolfgang appears behind her. <laughs> and, Love gang. and she goes well at least you're dressed this time <laughs> that was funny yeah and uh, so they are kind of going back and forth between the rooftop in um, Germany and no, the, the or, rooftop uh, in uh, India yeah I'm sorry the, roof, the rooftop in Bombay and then like the cold rain and so basically they're trying to figure out what this feeling is that they're sharing between the two. Is it a miracle? Is it something else? They don't know. And then we get Riley at home with her dad. Her dad's playing the piano. Um, and he, he just like is so genuinely happy to have her in his house. And it was it was a really cute scene. Um, and then he says, I have pancakes. And so that she goes to make the pancakes or eat the pancakes. And it looked like more like a crepe to me, but uh, whatever. It looked good, whatever it was. And her dad has to leave for rehearsal. And uh, he leaves, and then all of a sudden we hear something in the background that basically warns Riley um, that what what does it say? Um, warning her that she, she should not. 
yeah, she shouldn't have come back. And she turns around and there's nothing there. Um, but that was a really, really creepy moment for me because you could see in the background there was a figure out of focus. And then uh-huh. she turns and it's gone. I mean, that was like, I love things like that. Like, that gets me. You know what I mean? Like, that scares me. And uh, that was really well, really well shot and really well done. And so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. So we have um, Caffius has this flashback. And this was one of the most odd flashbacks I've seen so far. Basically, his mother having a conversation with presumably like the, the village people that they live with at the time. And when he was a kid and they tell him, they tell the mom to send him back, take him back to his people. He needs to be with his people. I don't know what the hell they're getting at or what that's about, but that's what they tell him. And then she grabs him and, and leaves and tells them basically to fuck off. Like, do you have any ideas on what this could be about? Any theories? Um, I think like, uh, they're going with the warring, like warring tribes of people, and I think his father might have been from a different one than she was from, mm. and they're basically passing it off on the kid, which mm-hmm. is unfortunately typical. It, yeah. Well, the well, typical storyline, I should say. I don't know that it's typical where they're from, but right, right. Okay. I, yeah, that could be. Be interesting to see if that's if that is the case, if we find out any more about it. So then we have um, Sun. She's uh, basically uh, somebody has to volunteer to teach her how to do her job in prison, and somebody finally does. I think it's her root, one of her roommates, and uh, Wolfgang and Kala are still talking on the rooftop. And then Kala has this flashback, and then I, I thought for a second that we were going to get another Bollywood musical number, but then we didn't, and I was a little disappointed. Um, instead she gets escorted (laughs) (laughs) instead she's escorted by this little boy inside a float at this uh, parade or this celebration of some sorts about something I know nothing about Um, and uh, I don't really know what the point of that flashback was but it happened (laughs) Um, and then Kala and and Wolfgang are are, well it was to um, it was she was talking about um, her faith faith and why she had such strong faith Mm -hmm. in everything and it was tied to that moment when she was looking through her god's eyes right okay the thing that makes sense um so her and wolfgang are talking and they're 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 really about to kiss like she talks about the pull between objects the the mysterious attraction but then just as they're about to kiss wolfgang's buddy breaks him out with some awesome news that the that the man the jewish man whose name i forget is going to buy the rest of the diamonds. And this is when Wolfgang says, you know, I want to take a trip. I want to get out of Berlin. And uh, he's like, where? You know, I want to go to India. And so um, <laughs> then this this big old bitch comes along and uh, walks down the aisle in the prison and takes the person who volunteered to be son's teacher, how to teach her the job, takes her clothes and, and changes them with her own. And so that way she's done with her job. So basically she bullies her into taking her ship. And son just so simply just turns to her and says, does this happen often? (laughs) And I could just see her kicking her ass already. Like I'm really excited for their next confrontation. I think it's going to be very short. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My money's on the skinny bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My wife's in the background. Hey, I said that. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh man, that's why I think they're going with this, where she's was kind of pushed around in the outside world, but in you know in prison she's gonna be 
yeah, but, find herself type of thing. Yeah. And she's just not going to take anybody's shit. Definitely. And that could be interesting. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So we get Lido. Uh, he comes out singing. Uh, I will always love you to Hernando. Um, and Daniela's out there in there and she's wearing this obscenely sexy bikini. Just make note of that because <laughs> that's important. Um, and then shit hits the fan. So Lido gets a text from Daniela and he's like, well, is this what our relationship's become? You text me from outside. And she's like, I didn't text you. What are you talking about? And, uh, it's a picture of Lido and, and Hernando having sex. And so we find out that her ex-boyfriend stole her phone and is now, you know, has evidence that Lido and Hernando are a gay couple. And so her, you know, Lido's freaking out because he said, this is going to ruin my career. And Daniela's in tears and saying, you know, I, you know, this is my fault. I'll fix this. Like, don't worry, I'm going to fix this. And I, I want to believe her and I really hope that she's not in on it. Um, where are you, what's your gut tell you? Do you think she's being honest and she really wants to fix this mistake or do you think she's fucking them over? It, if it was a long con, she was awfully involved with mm-hmm. them to be a long con. Right. So I'm like, you know, I'm hoping that it's not. Yeah. But I mean, it could be. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah, definitely. So the next scene, we have Nomi and Amanita. Uh, they're stalking the doctor at this coffee shop. Um, and he happens to, he shows up like they expect him to. And she has this device where she can basically get his phone, all of his phone information on her computer. Um, and he gets the call and freaks out and, and leaves. And so they use their their device to figure out who it was. And it turns out it was a call from Dr. Matheson. And uh, AKA, I'm guessing it has to be whispers. Yeah. And so she calls the number back. And he's like, I thought we had an understanding. And she doesn't say anything. And she's like, wait, who is this? And she says, is this you know me? And so she knows, or, or rather, Dr. Matheson knows that it's know me on the other end, which is just crazy. And so that's when we find out WWNDD stands for what would Nancy Drew do? And so basically they're going to, uh, they find out that he's going to be, on, the doctor's going to be on a trip. And so they're going to break into his house to figure out if they can find any more information. Um, so Caffius delivers the daughter back to his house and we find out that it's her birthday. And so he says, you know, come with me uh, as he's taking his daughter. He oh, God, Caffius. this scene. Oh. And so we find out there's like a surprise party on the roof for his daughter. And uh, Caffius is talking to the Browns or the Brown suit guys talking to Caffius. And he says, you know, she really likes you. And Caffius says, well, she has a good heart or a big heart. And then he's like, you know, come with me. And so they go down to like the next level or whatever it is. And there's this guy down there tied up and he has a like a potato sack over his head. And uh, so we come to find out that this guy was basically stealing from him. He what I could tell is that he like doubled. So if he was given drugs or something, he would like double it with like fake shit in order to double his profit. But obviously not not the brown suit guy's profit, but his own pockets profit. And so he was stealing from him. Because he says, you know, my business is only as good as my product. And if his product was, you know, half shit, then it's not going to be worth as much. And so he puts him on the, the guys put him on the table. He puts this, um, you know, thing on to protect his clothes without hesitating, chops the motherfucker's hands off. That was what was so brutal about that scene to me was just how quickly and how unflinching the brown suit guy was in the whole thing. It just, he just did it. Like he's done it a hundred times before. Mm-hmm. It was crazy to me. It, I mean, it looked good too. The whole thing it was very graphic. I thought that was really awesome scene, but like, man, 
it was just disturbing because of how quick and, and just how it was like he was going to pay an, uh, pay a bill. You know, it was nothing. And I, his comment after, uh, basically to, to Caffius is he knew he knew the consequences right. type of, thing, yeah, of what he was going to be exactly. doing. And it's kind of more, I think he was more using this as a, here's what can happen to you if you yep. fuck up with my daughter. Yep, exactly right. Exactly. So we have Nomi and Almanita. They break into the doctor's house. Um, and they decide here that they make an awesome crime fighting duo. And I thought it was there. Then she picks up a picture of of the doctor with Dick Cheney. And he goes, oh, my God, he has to be evil. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And then they find a Nancy Drew book. And he's like, well, maybe he can't be all that evil. It was a really funny scene. Um, <laughs> I didn't <love> that. <laughs> Those two crack me up. Um, so we get um, Wolfgang's friend. He's freaking out because uh, Abraham didn't show up for their meeting to, uh, you know, buy the diamonds. And he's like, uh, you know, he called them and he didn't answer. And so something can't be right. And then this lady starts pounding at the door and being like, you know, I need help. And he's like, we're closed. But she's like, no, please just help me, help me. And so he starts walking to the door in slow motion. And I just, I knew this was a very obvious something's going to happen moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the girl, he's walking toward the door. The, it's all in slow motion. The girl steps to the side. A van pulls up again in slow motion. The door opens and a shotgun shell blasts the friend right through the chest. And it turns out that it is um, Wolfgang's cousin and the guy with the tattoo on the back of his head. Um, I did think this, that particular, as brutal as that one is, uh, that, that scene is, it is shot really well. I oh. love the way, the pacing, everything about that is, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. That's the term I was going to use. Perfect. Like it just looked gorgeous, and uh, it they they filmed it in such a way that it was the most effective scene that it could be, and I really enjoyed that. But I was sad to see because he's got to be dead. Like it went through his fucking chest. Like he's got to be dead. It doesn't say he is, but I'm guessing he's dead. Yeah, that was my guess too. Because yeah. there was just yeah. So let me get to the end of this episode. So the doctor arrives back home. Turns out his you know, his trip had been canceled. Um, so he, he just walks in and, and they don't know what to do, but Nomi's like, fuck, we're just going to confront him. I guess is what they decide. And so Nomi's there. And, um, then Amanita comes up with, um, pe- mace and, or pepper spray and a, a mallet. And, uh, so they're basically threatening him to tell him what they know. Um, and then the doctor freaks out when Nomi mentions Dr. Matheson's name. He's like, how do you know that name? Um, and then, all of a sudden Jonas appears and tells her that she has to leave because someone's coming. And and then the doctor's like, Hey, is that Jonas? So-and-so. So he knows who Jonas is some way, somehow. So clearly he knows something about the sense eight. And he's like, you've just killed us all is what he is, what the doctor says. And then, um, Nomi's like, you know, who's coming? And he says whispers. And then he turns and looks toward the door and he said, he's here. And so, the lobotomized guy, the one who Nomi acted like she was his niece earlier in the episode, comes in through the door with a gun and is about to shoot them when uh, Almanita sprays him with pepper spray and he kind of goes back. And so then he's, they're having like a fight and he's chasing down the hall and he's chasing the doctor and he shoots the doctor in the head and then he puts the gun to his head and we see in the mirror, it's not what we see is, is the, the lobotomized guy. But it's Dr. Matheson, presumably Dr. Matheson, 
whispers and he blows his brains out. And so obviously this, this whispers has taken over the lobotomized guy's body and killed the doctor, the one doctor, and then basically like destroyed the evidence is the way I could look at it by killing, um, the lobotomized guy. And so then the episode ends and that was, that was fucking crazy. Like I had to watch the last five minutes again, just so I could kind of gather what the hell was going on. Um, but man, that was pretty intense. What did you think of that? What did you think of that last moment there? Yeah, that that the last moment was the one where I was cursing you two again for making me watch this piecemeal <laughs> and not letting me just go into the next episode. Right. So. You were talking about ending once upon a time on a high note as opposed to a low note, and this one we definitely oh. ended on a high note. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, ah, no, I need to watch more. Right. Um, yeah, so what I wrote here was, uh, you know, that was the action packed ending I was hoping to see. It's one that we haven't, we haven't seen an ending like that since like the first two or three episodes. Um, and I really missed it. And so I'm just happy that we had something so, um, active at the end there and something so that feels so important. Um, so though the overall picture is still muddy as hell. And a whole hell of a lot muddier than I'd expect it to be for episode seven of a 12 episode season. Uh, it's clear that they are taking large strides now towards clearing that up with this episode. And I, I think I like this episode better than episode six, even though I really liked episode six as well. Um, but we're, we're on a high note now that really drove to the end and I'm ready for episode eight. So what are your overall thoughts on uh, episode seven? Um. I thought this that one was, yeah. It's why I watched the show because the, the other than the podcast, I, the yeah episodes like that would have kept me watching it if we weren't doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the characters and stuff, but when they go for the gut, they go for the gut. You just right like we're just gonna hit you with a sledgehammer now and <laughs> <laughs> let you have it. Um, but yeah, no, I love the 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 pacing with Wolfgang's partner. Um, his getting shot that that sequence is beautifully shot. I liked the the back and forths and and so on and and uh, Amanita and and Nomi playing Nancy Drew was just fantastic. <laughs> Definitely, awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. This is a this is a great series, and uh, I'm I'm really glad that we're podcasting through it because it's been a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to talk about. So great. All right. So I guess that is that for this week's episode. Um, Before we sign off for the day, though, I just want to make mention again that you you guys have a chance to win some awesome movies. If you watch the last two unboxing videos, you comment on them, and then you give them a thumbs up, you're going to be entered in for a chance to win three of these movies of your choice. So I'm going to list the movies here. There's the four um, all-night horror marathon set. There's actually two of those. Uh, both from Scream Factory. One of them has What's the Matter with Helen, The Godsend, The Vagrant, The Outing. That's volume one. And then volume two has The Dungeon Master, Cellar Dweller, Contamination Point Seven, and Catacombs. You have Cabin Fever, Wicker Man, Frailty, Children of the Corn Collection, containing epi- uh, the second through the seventh movie. You have Scream Park, which you can find a review on Cinefessions. You have Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. You have 28 Weeks Later, which is fucking awesome movie. You have Hannah on Blu-ray. You have Limitless on Blu-ray. You have The Zombie Diaries on DVD. And you have Hannibal on DVD. All movies you can win. You get to choose three. So you can have up to two entries 
by liking and commenting on Chris's video and liking and commenting on uh, my video. You can have you get an entry for each one, and then you're entered in for a chance to win three of any of those of your choice. And so, you know, it's an easy way to win really cool movies for free. So definitely take advantage of that. Watch our unboxing videos. Let us know what you thought. If you want to see more of those, I would be more than thrilled to do more of those. Um, I really, really, really want to bring aspect to the website. I've been wanting to do that for years now. Um, and so I was just like super excited to finally have a video up on it. Um, you know, just even though it's only a 10 minute video, but I love watching um, a lot of different YouTubers. And so, you know, I'm, I, one way or another, I'm going to start bringing video to the website. So let us know what you think. If it's uh, something you enjoy, let me know. If it's something you don't enjoy, let me know. I won't waste my time because it's, you know, it takes a lot of effort to do video. So let us know if you don't like it, if it's just, if it's a waste of time. Um, I didn't mention it last week, but we actually had a winner for our contest two weeks ago. The clip was from Cabin Fever and Brent won that. Uh, he actually uh, already has his prize for for that uh, contest. So congratulations on winning that one. Um, we're sticking to the video YouTube video contest for this week. Um, and then uh, coming up, we'll have some more contests and some more giveaways. So make sure you continue to listen to the podcast as we continue through Sense8. Next week, we'll be reviewing episode eight and episode nine. Then we only have, so we have eight and nine, then we have 10, 11, and then we have 12. So there's only three episodes left of the Sense8 series, which is pretty crazy. Uh, time fucking flies. And, uh, but I, I'm, I'm really excited that we've been able to stick with our podcast schedule for the most part. So awesome. Make sure you check out cinefessions.com. We're doing 13 days of Halloween starting on October 19th through October 31st. And you can also find a bunch of good horror reviews on there right now. For the past uh, two weeks that we've been in the month of October, Chris is reviewing through all the Wes Craven films that he hasn't seen. Ash is reviewing few, reviewing through a lot of 70s horror films. And I'm just kind of watching whatever the hell comes to mind. Um, because if I make a list, I don't follow it anyway. So what's the point? But <laughs> that's how I go. Anyway, any uh, any final thoughts before we head off for today, Ash? Nope. I'm going to finish this up and uh, probably watch the next two episodes of Sensei this weekend. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to watch the Michigan game because Michigan's playing uh, Northwestern and it's a battle of the top two, two top 20 teams on Michigan's homecoming game. So I am fucking stoked because I'm a huge U of M fan. So, all right. Thanks, Ash, for being here. I'm glad uh, we were able to do this. It was really cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. So thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next time. Yeah.